Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Now, Isabel Garrity is just 26 years of age, but went through menopause when she was in her teens. She was actually 13 when she was told that she had premature ovarian insufficiency. And Isabel is with us here in the programme today. Isabel, thanks for for joining us on the show. When did you first realise that just something wasn't right? Hi, Andrea. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Yeah, I, I was... In, I'd say, second or third year of school and I had just got my period and then it stopped kind of suddenly. Uh, and I think I went a few months without without saying anything and then eventually I just kind of felt there was something not right. It, it felt norm- really abnormal that it wasn't it wasn't working. So I think I went to my mom and I, I told her I'd like to go to the doctor and luckily she really took it seriously and advocated for me because I think a lot of the time we, we dismiss uh, young girls with these kind of things. Um, so yeah, it, it, then it took a few years of, of going in and out and getting tests before I actually got my diagnosis, but yeah, it was, it was a strange time. <laughs> you're, you're at that time, I suppose, you know, as a balance school, like as a teenage girl, when everyone starts to get their periods and everybody's talking about mm-hmm. it, like it's, it is the talking point in your early teens. Exactly. Yeah. I, I had remember I was so excited when I got it only for it then to, to go away after about six months. So, yeah, it's it's definitely a really difficult kind of thing to to process and go through at that time. I I didn't really honestly understand mm. the how how big of a deal it was at the time. Only probably in the last year or two. So, what exactly did they tell you? So, POI is kind of like a process of elimination. Like they test you for everything else first, um, and eventually, when it comes back with with no real conclusion. They just told me my ovaries weren't working. They never actually used the word menopause with me. That's something I've I've learned more recently as well. Um, But they just told me my ovaries weren't working and, yeah, that I would not be able to have children naturally and that it would cause some health issues if I don't look after it and to, like, always check back in with them. But, yeah, it's (laughs) more than you can comprehend, really, at that age. And at 13, you know, what was going through your mind about the future and what that might mean or or or, or was anything like I well honestly I I was sad about it because I've always known that I want to be a mom and I I always was mostly sad about the the fertility aspect of it um but actually my mom was even sadder than I was about it at the time but now now that I know more about it it there's so much more to it like in terms of just your heart health, your bone health, your brain health, all these hormones that your body needs to be getting and is expecting. And when you're just not getting them, you really need to monitor it and make sure that you're you're getting them. So I'm on hormone replacement therapy now, which has been a huge help. Okay. So it, it's it's premature ovarian in, in insufficiency. Is that that's the mm-hmm. that's the condition, I suppose, or the diagnosis? Yes. It actually used to be called premature ovarian failure, but they've they've changed the wording of okay. it because in theory it's it's like less than 5% of women can can conceive uh, after, like have some sort of spontaneous ovarian activity. But um, when you're younger, you have less of a chance. So POI is for anyone under 40. And then the younger you get, the less, the less likely it is, I guess, and the less common it is. Is there treatment or was there ever any treatment, Isabel, you know, aside from um, hormone, you know, replacement t- tablets or medication? 
So yeah, there's no cure. There's nothing they can do to get them working again. Uh, the only treatment, I was on the contraceptive pill for 10 years, and that is a form of treatment. However, if you can take it, it's better to be on hormone replacement therapy just because it's body identical and it helps your bones and everything a lot more than the synthetic stuff does. Yeah. How common is it, Isabel? So POI, I mean, they don't really have all the numbers because a lot of women don't even get a diagnosis or get checked. But POI, more, more recent studies are showing that it's between three and four women under the age of 40, three and four and out of 100 under the age of 40. So 3% of women. Uh, but then obviously it gets less and less the younger you get. And how did it affect you in your, your teenage years? Like if you weren't actually told that, you know, it was menopause, how were you impacted day to day? Honestly, it's only looking back at it all. I'm realising the, the emotional kind of uh, side effects that I would have got. I started getting anxiety and panic attacks and depression and all sorts of, of mental problems. That was the biggest thing. But at the time, I was just like, oh, being a teenager, you know, um, but in retrospect, there's a huge, huge link between mental health issues and and hormonal issues. So um, apart from that, I just didn't have a period and kind of always felt a little bit left out and on the brink. I was lucky enough in that I didn't have really severe symptoms because a lot of women do get really, really severe symptoms yeah. with it. And did you talk to your friends about it at the time? Like were, were, were any of them aware what you were going through? No, I didn't tell any of my friends. I was so, so embarrassed and ashamed. And I think I, think I kind of thought if I talked about it, it would make it more real. Um, so I told my mom and that was it. And then I think maybe when I was like 20, I told one or two friends. And th- it was only this year that I started telling my friends, um, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, for 10 years, I, I was just so embarrassed and ashamed about it, which is really sad it looking is, back, yeah. you know. But but for you, was it about the, the I suppose at the time, kind of a sense of nearly being left out from those conversations that all of the other teenage girls are having? Is is that why? Yeah, it is. It's something about POI. I mean, I think a huge part of the shame comes from this idea of being infertile and, and not not working as a woman. You know, your, your body's not doing the thing it's supposed to do. And, and that can be really difficult. Um, but also the thing with POI is you do miss out on all these really important life stages. You know, you're a teenager and everyone's talking about their periods. And then when you're in your twenties and people are having pregnancy scares and then people are having babies by choice and then all this is going on and you, you can't relate to any of it. And then even when I'm 50, I won't be able to join in on the menopause conversations because I'll, everyone will be like, oh God, this is terrible. I'd be like, I know. <laughs> so you do get... miss out on a lot of the yeah. rites of passage of being a woman. And I'm sure that over the years has probably, you know, on a very personal, emotional level, it's probably been hard, Isabel, mm-hmm. to get your head around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I don't really, I'm I'm grateful that I have a long time to process it and, and plan and, and deal with it all. Um, but I guess it will probably get harder when all my friends start to have children and when I have to actually start family planning myself and all that kind of stuff. So at the moment, it's kind of step by step. You you process and you grieve what mm. you can at, at each time and then more comes and then you deal with that. You know, it's it's an I think it'll be kind of a lifelong process of, of acceptance. Uh, 
I suppose even in, you know, with relationships as well and at, at different junctions and, and points, it, it probably comes up as a, a discussion, does it, that you that you have? Yeah, it does. I mean, I'm so lucky. I have the most understanding and supportive boyfriend in, in the whole world. Um, but it is, it's always an awkward one. You don't know when to bring it up or how people are going to take it. And I, I know of a lot of women who have, have lost their partners over this kind of diagnosis. So, um, yeah, I'm very lucky to have someone so supportive in my life. Mm. But I, was I know to... for a lot of women, it can be really challenging. Okay. Do you, I was just about to ask you, do, do you know many, you know, many, um, many other women with the same condition or are there much support services out there? Well, I actually, up until this year, I had never heard of another woman who'd had it. I'd never, I didn't even know. I thought I was honestly the only girl in Ireland who had been through something okay. so young. Um, but then this year I found a support group called the Daisy Network. And honestly, it ch- changed my life. They're so, so amazing. It's just, it's a support, a support group for women with POI and they have monthly meetings on Zoom. And the first time I went and I chatted to people, I was just so emotional because, yeah, it was the first time I'd ever spoken to anyone who who understood and who'd been through what I'd been through. And yeah, the, the absolutely the hardest part about it is the loneliness and not having anyone who can relate to you. So for anyone who, who might be going through something similar, the Daisy Network has changed my life. And Brilliant. now I've even met other women in person and uh, yeah. I spoke at the Menopause Success Summit and I've been doing a lot of work to get people talking about it. So to try and break down the shame. I was just about to say, Isabel, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're incredibly positive. You know, you have a great, you're, you're very <laughs> upbeat and, you know, just a, a positive advocate. And I know that was kind of the point you, you really wanted to make was that, um, mm-hmm. people should take their menstrual health seriously. And if something isn't right, 100%. Yeah, got it checked. 100%. I mean, something that I've learned along the way is that it's really not normal to be having a lot of menstrual issues it's usually a sign that there's something that needs to be looked at. There's something else going on. Uh, and a lot of the time we really do dismiss women. We just, Oh, you didn't get your period for a year. Oh, whatever. Like, but these are, it's a really good way of indicating the rest of your body's health. Uh, so it's really something that needs to be taken more okay. seriously. But yeah, these conversations are really important. I'm really grateful to, to be here speaking about it and, yeah, I think there's a lot of good work being done in these spaces at the yeah. moment. No, well, it's been a pleasure to to chat to you and a, and a message um, well worth sharing and, and flagging with people. And and thank you for for sharing your your story with us today because it is a personal story and a personal journey. And, and I appreciate you. your time uh, on the program. That's Isabel Garrity. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.